Do you ever wish you could just sit down and chat with an experienced friend about what the right choices would be for your home? Well, that's what Sarah Yearout, mid-century realtor for Mid-Century Homes in Boise, and I do every week over on Instagram. I love trading stories and tips from my perspective as a mid-century architect with her and getting hers from the tales from the realtor trenches because our two areas of experience overlap and stand apart from each other in such fun ways. We each have unique insight into what people who love mid-century homes are looking for and are finding in the world right now, and we're just bubbling over with good advice to share. Sarah and I have weekly, live, or pre-recorded chats on Instagram about mid-century home updates, answering common and less common questions about how to make the most of your mid-century home. So today, I'm sharing some of our best recent and not-so-recent chats that touch on what to do for your mid-century bedroom or bath. Settle in with a sharp pencil or flex your fingers for some good notes app typing because we are about to give a lot of very good advice. Hey there, welcome back to Mid-Modern Model. This is a show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to episode 1307. Now, before we get started, I just have to ask, are you registered for the August Mid-Century Design Clinic? At the Mid-Century Owner Suite Clinic, I'm going to be running you through everything you need to know about how to update a great Mid-Century Owner Suite or build one from scratch. And if you don't have or don't want a separated owner suite, but you do have baths in mind, you should still check out this clinic because many of the same principles apply to any bathroom, owner-occupied or for general use. These mid-century design clinics are free to all my ready-to-remodel students. And if that's you, you're pre-registered. You'll get an invite email with all the details before it goes down. But if you've never attended a mid-century design clinic before, then you're in for a treat. Sign up quickly. Grab your ticket to the clinic before the end of this weekend in order to get the early bird price. I'll see you there. Oh, and if you haven't grabbed it yet, much of what Sarah and I are going to talk about does get covered in my free mid-century bath design guide. Grab that at midmod-midwest.com slash bath. Without further ado, here are Sarah and I talking about how to refresh a tired mid-century bathroom. How to make an older bathroom feel new again without a major remodel. Hi, I'm Sarah Yearout with Boise Mid-Century Homes, and I'm here with Della Hansman from Mid-Mod Midwest. And today we're talking about little things that you can do to your bathroom to make it feel new without going into a full-on remodel. So I know this is probably a pretty good topic that everybody wants to talk <laughs> talk about mm-hmm. um, because I, what's more fun than just changing a little thing and having a whole... <laughs> a whole new vibe in your bathroom. It's so satisfying. And some of these little mm-hmm. change one thing for another project can A, tide you over when you're waiting to build up the budget to have free time or whatnot yes. to do a big remodel or B, sometimes they're the, the log jam break that just gets you started. And once you've made some small change that didn't feel that hard, you suddenly feel motivated or inspired or confident to make more. So either way, whether it's what you do so you don't have to do a lot more work or what you do so you get started. It's a really fun way to begin. That's very Um, true. People have a lot of different feelings about mid-century bathrooms in this. We've been talking for a couple of weeks. Where you land on this preservation to update spectrum is really going to determine how you feel about your bathroom. Also, what state you found it in. Do you have a time capsule bathroom? Mm -hmm. Perfectly, everything is the same color of peach. Or do you have a bathroom that someone upgraded in the 1990s and now you have to 
pull back as much as you can from that space. Either way, if you don't love what you've got right now, you can make really big changes with a few small moves like paint, paint the parts of the bathroom that can be painted, the upper walls, um, anywhere there's not tile, you will be astonished by if you give it all a fresh coat of white, go in a bold contrasting color, match it to whatever color is going on with the tile work, it can be transformative. And since painting is so relatively easy to do, you could paint it a couple of different colors until you feel like you get it right. You could go bold and dark. I would actually go white first yeah. and dark second. Um, yeah. <laughs> you could. Start light. <laughs> Start light. Or wallpaper, which these days there are some really great functional brands of stick-on wallpaper that you don't have to get into the the craftsmanship of, uh, of installing. Although do buyer beware, watch out. Some brands are better than others for if they claim to be peel and stick and removable, not all of them are as removable as all that, but you can have a lot of fun by really transforming the vibe of a room from vintage time capsule to startling update just with wallpaper and a few other things. What else is fun? What do you like to do if you were going to walk through with someone and say, you could tune up this bathroom. You just yeah, you could, um, you know, you could change even like the little towel hooks, um, little if there's hardware on the vanity, little things yeah. like that. Um, you know, if the mirrors come off the wall, you can always redo something like that. Um, a few of us have been experimenting with actually peel and stick floor tile. Um, Fun. So we'll we'll have to get back <laughs> of how that goes, but that could be a relatively easy maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Even if it works, right? So you'll be able if to get works, a yeah. report on how that holds up. For some fun DIY. <laughs> That's exciting. In general, that really gets to the spirit of if you want to make small or incremental changes to any part of your house, but particularly in a bathroom, replacing one thing with another of the exact same thing in the exact same spot is the easiest way to do it. So Mm-hmm. anybody, I really believe anyone can take off the hardware from their vanity and replace it with other hardware. You do not need, yes. I mean, you maybe don't even need tools. You can do it with finger tight. You need a screwdriver, yeah. but really just about anybody who's willing to watch a couple of YouTube videos and who knows where the breaker in their house is can replace a sconce light with another sconce light, or you can have a handyman come in and do it. You can get your friend who knows yes. a little bit about electrical work to do it. So you can do sort of one-to-one replacements, even to replace the toilet with a new toilet. That probably takes a plumber. It's a DIYable task if you really like plumbing. I wouldn't. Well, that's I wouldn't, but I did. I actually did it with my dad on my own bathroom a couple of years ago. Um, but I did it with an assistant. I did it with expert advice, father power. But um, anytime you're doing that, you're not changing the layout. You're not getting a lot of drywall dust going. You're not. Ex- you're just basically doing the cost and labor of that particular product, which is a really nice way to keep a project manageable and yet still affect some pretty big changes over time. So that one-to-one replacement, start small, grow it up to the level that you feel your frustration going away and you'll end up happy when you're back. (laughs) What fun shape tile can I use in my mid-century modern bathroom? Hi, I'm Sarah Yira with Boise Mid-Century Homes, and I'm here with architect and mid-century modern expert Della Hansman from Midmon Midwest. And today we're talking about tile in your bathroom, which is another fun bathroom topic (laughs) that we're doing. 
We're just doing a series of bathroom things at this point and really a series of style guide questions because this also comes Mm -hmm. back to where your house is and where you are if you want to go perfectly preservationist time travel back or if you want to do something that upgrades without sterilizing your house um, or updates without sterilizing your house. So the possibilities are many. I've made a really helpful Instagram guide that collects a bunch of my favorite tile suppliers and organize them from most preservationist up to most down to most updating. If you're looking to go, you wish you had a mid-century color block bathroom and you don't, um, then basically you are looking to go with that four inch by four inch square tile with the white grout around it and whatever color makes your heart sing. And you can actually get original mid-century tile from B&W Tile, which has been making that four by four color block tiles since the mid-century era family-owned business. They're great. Oh, that's so cool. It's really fun. So if you're looking for, I want it to be authentic and original, you can get it. You can actually also still find lots of of original, never installed vintage tile floating around the internet and in resale stores and things like that. But there's a lot of possibilities if you want to do something that's a little more updated or go to the 60s or another era that feels more, a little bit further forward on the spectrum and still works. The thing to avoid, though, is just anything that reads as too much from the 1930s or from the cottage era, because that's the trendy style moment hop back from now. So that choice is going to make the house feel like this was done in the early 2020s, this remodel. Or it might even actually, if you miss the mark, it might feel like it was done in the late 20-teens. So you want to avoid... It's really cute. I love this in bathrooms, but it's not for mid-century bathrooms. You want to avoid the small hex tile on the floor and the subway tile arranged in a subway offset pattern on the walls. That's a cottage detail that's not going to read as well in a mid-century update. Other than that, though, you can still actually use subway style tiles. You just need to arrange them in a grid pattern, not a, a brick offset pattern. And there are so many fun places you can get more interesting shapes, too, and go to like the Mercury Mosaics or the Fire Clay or the Clay House of it all. They have so mm-hmm. many fun interlocking, tessellating shapes that are done in gorgeous colors. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite tile company? I love Fire Clay. I They make, make my heart sing. I mean, just all, I've never thought that I could love like pinks and yellows and just the, what they do is just amazing. They, uh, yeah, they are craftspeople and it's, it's gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. Fireplay is a surefire winner. Um, There's a couple of others that do nice, not everything they do works in mid-century, but they have a bunch of things that do work for mid-century like Pratt and Larson or Zia tile does the, the sort of Moroccan cement tile seated in interesting patterns. Um, The Zellig tile can be really fun. And then if you want to go more that, that, that's where you start to go is the, the mid-century colors on a concrete painted tile will give it that look that definitely has a clean contemporary edge, but it feels like it's a grown-up version of mid-century rather than you're stepping out of the style period in some other direction. There right. are also so many fun places to put tile in a bathroom. You don't have to limit it to just the floor right. or just around the tub. You nope. can have it around the whole wall. You can have an accent color. One thing I'm seeing that is definitely a modern trend, but works perfectly well in a mid-century tile choice is to do in the shower surround to do a set in niche that's finished in a contrasting color finish shape Um, that's a lot of fun and just an easy simple detail that's going to be 
long lasting and nothing that's going to break off of the house. What else? <laughs> you can tile everything in the bathroom. You can tile right to the counter surface. And in fact, it's actually a super classic mid-century style. Not my favorite to have tile with with grout lines in it on your counter because you've got to constantly clean that grout. But it's so hard. You can do it if that makes you happy. Um, how many different kinds of tile could you fit into one bathroom? There's no <laughs> upper limit to feel chaotic, but you can push it. Um, you can. <clears throat> you find that needing to update or change out the tile is something that's pretty common for people who are buying into mid-century houses in Boise? Yeah. And, you know, we do see a lot of um, laminate, <clears throat> excuse me, laminate flooring. Yeah. Um, which is almost easier to get out, you know, hopefully, and then be able to tile or people tile over it, you know, um, that can make an, a bigger job a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, we don't often find that beautiful, like original tile work, um, in the bathrooms anymore. I feel, you know, the nineties really did away with yeah <laughs> a lot of that and a lot of builder basic houses didn't necessarily have tile on the floor right. um that would yes. have been it would have been a bit of a stretch detail for the earliest of mid-century houses they often would have laminate on the floor and tile on the walls and i would say my favorite modern update of that is to do fun things with the tile on the walls and instead of tile on the floor which you're most often barefoot in your bathroom to do a you can think about putting heat under tile if you're going to have tile on your floor or if yes. you a non-cool softer surface i like cork for floors in the bathroom um you can't I love the look of that out a tub onto a cork floor but you can splash water mm -hmm. on it it's naturally antimicrobial and it's just a really nice comfortable surface to stand on in bare feet then you can still play with tiles around the tub and around the vanity and yeah yeah that's yeah. so fun i would usually i don't think i would ever pick a laminate floor for a contemporary mm. bathroom update, maybe marmoleum, but probably not. But I would definitely think about a cork as a contrast to a tile for the floor in a bathroom while still putting tile in other fun places. What exactly is an owner suite? Did builder grade mid-century modern homes have them? Hi, I'm Sarah Yearout from Boise Mid-Century Homes, and I'm here with architect and mid-century modern expert, Zella Hansman. And today we are talking about owner suites and a little bit of their history. So I was really interested when we were talking last month and you had mentioned about owner suites for um, one of something upcoming that you're doing. Yeah. And I had not heard of it as an owner suite, you know, en suite or primary bathroom, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was like, maybe we should dive into this and, you know, see. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Owner suite is, well, people often used to call it the master suite. And that has a little bit of people have been phasing out that terminology. It's got some mm -hmm. vibes to it. And really, we're yeah. talking about who the people that live in the house, the people that paid for the house, they get their own bathroom, basically. And sometimes more a walk-in closet, although I am very empty walk-in closet. I will get to that in a minute. This is definitely one of the biggest areas in every master plan we do. Hmm. We've done a master plan without a kitchen occasionally but like more than nine times out of ten our master plans involve a kitchen update and they also almost always involve an owner suite of some sort at least in the big scheme at least in the big dream version we're putting in where can we fit in an owner suite because most mid-century houses 
don't come with those installed standard, especially the earlier they are, the better. Right. Um, we were chatting before we started recording and I see in Madison that you never see an owner suite in a house before say 1956, 1957. And then in the mid sixties, they come in more. What was the watershed yeah. moment you mentioned for Boise? I feel, yeah, I feel like fifties, no sixties. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like yeah. that's kind of where we are too. Um, I mean, there's always going to be your one-off, but in general. Right. And there's a lot, there's, I mean, even in relatively grandiose houses and even really high-end finishes houses from the early and mid fifties, you won't see a bathroom attached to a primary bedroom. It just doesn't happen. Um, And certainly in a builder grade house, never. In fact, there was usually just one bathroom for the whole house. It wasn't even until 1955 when the 30-year amortized mortgage was introduced by I'm going to blank on the act of Congress, but that's when basically the amount you could borrow for a house was also raised. And so people started to be able to put more money into the initial build of the house rather than build a starter home and flesh it out later. So that's when you start getting a powder bath. That's your step towards there's a guest bathroom and there's a family bathroom. And that's when you start seeing two car garages. And that's when you start seeing dens separate from living rooms. And then shortly after that, the nicest houses around start to have their own ensuite owner's bathroom, owner's suite setups. Um, the earlier houses, the only early mid early fifties houses I've seen an owner's bathroom in are houses that I happen to know were commissioned by doctors for their families. Oh. I've been two of those. And in both cases they had, in both cases, actually they had a family bathroom an owner's bathroom and a bathroom near the garage door near a consulting room where the doctor apparently either did or planned to see patients at home, which blows my mind. Anyway, that's not the point of this call. Wow. (laughs) I'm working on one right now. And it it's just crazy to me. I'm like, really you go to your doctor's house and in their house, you meet them, you take off your clothes or you just have a conversation with them. What's happening. But there's a bathroom that seems to be for that person who comes to see the doctor. Uh, but yeah, other than that, owner's bathrooms didn't exist. Here's the thing, though. They're, depending on where you want to put your priorities, they're pretty easy to add. You can always sacrifice a bedroom and then maybe make a bedroom downstairs in the basement. That's more of a guest suite. You can always put in a tiny addition. And if you do, I like to say you push the bedroom out and you put a bathroom in the footprint of the old bedroom because then you can keep your yes. plumbing stacked inside the the um, either the crawl space or the slab or the basement. Um, but it's, it's a very fixable problem for money, time, and construction dust, but it seems to be very important to people. You see this, right? When people are touring houses, they want an owner's bathroom. Yes. I, you know, we've had a couple houses that have come up in the past year that are really, really cool, but they don't have the literal ensuite. And there, you know, there's been some feedback where it's, it's, just not doable for people. And it's not just families with kids, which would, you know, maybe make sense a little bit more, but it's couples without kids. It's, there are just some, some people that need that ensuite. And, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it's right, like the door is next to the door and you're literally just walking out and walking into the bathroom next to your room, like it's gotta be connected. That's fascinating. I wonder where that comes from. I mean, I think maybe people upsizing from apartments are used to having more yep. of a direct connection. Although, yeah, I live I live in a house that had one family bathroom on the main floor. I put in another three quarters bath in the basement. Um, 
And to me, I live alone in the house. So that's my bathroom. It's yeah. as good as an owner suite. I could move a door and block it off from the rest of the house. That seems kind of crazy though, because someone else might want to share it. Um, another thing actually you see before the on before the onset of en suites, um, you'd see some Jack and Jill arrangements too, which now yes. people don't love. We're always remodeling the Jack and Jill out of Jack and Jill bathrooms, but um that seemed to be a compromise where you could have like either multiple kids sharing a bathroom or even a separate owner's access, the parents' bedroom access to a bathroom that could maybe be closed off like a shower and powder and then go in to yes. brushing in a, in a shared general sink area. So that's interesting too. But when people are frustrated with this, I feel like that's a fixable problem. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about when you're touring a house, what's most important to you. And if you find the right location and you find a sturdy in good shape house that mm-hmm. doesn't have your owner suite attached, well, that's, that's what we'll fix. That's the next thing to tackle. Right. Um, and the other thing I definitely see is that those early mid-century owner suites that come in in the mid-60s are more modest than what you'd yes. see today. And so that For whole sure. idea of a bathroom as like a luxurious spa-like experience, that was not. If there is an owner suite, it's like the main bathroom is two sinks and a tub and more floor space. And the owner's bathroom is like a stand-up shower and a single sink and yeah. toilet tucked into a weird niche. Um it's so true. But that's sort of the trade-off. Even if you if you get a house that comes with an owner's bathroom, you might not like it. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's, you know, maybe that's the deal breaker is just having that direct access regardless of um, how modest it may be. <laughs> Interesting. Fascinating. Well, people take these things very personally and you have to figure out, you know, what matters most to you. That's the most important yeah. thing. And exactly. Work towards making that home. Yeah. How to make my small mid-century bedroom feel bigger. Hi, I'm Sarah from Boise Mid-Century Homes, and I'm here with architect and mid-century modern specialist Stella Hansman from Midmod Midwest. And today we are talking about how to make your bedroom feel bigger. So I know that this is a favorite topic of yours. It is. And where would you start with that? Well, I mean, it's... The reason it's one of my favorite topics is that it comes up all the time with my clients and with my ready to remodel students because mid-century bedrooms are often quite small compared to what we want to do in them and fit into them today. Um, beds were smaller than people. I, I have encountered the actual two twin beds in the owner's bedroom. Also, full-size beds were really common. Now people want to put a king or a California king into a mid-century bedroom. And then they're like, what about the desk? What about the bureau? What about this bedroom set that I'm moving into for my last apartment? And it's a squeeze. So my best advice for fitting as much as you can into a mid-century bedroom is to build things in. I love, I love mid-century vintage and, you know, the CB2, the the higher end Mm -hmm. bedroom sets but they take up so much space. So I think if you have a snug bedroom, you want to get things up off the floor. You want to think about wall-mounted bedside tables. Even just that little bit of space underneath will help. They're just a little bit shallower. You want to think about perhaps instead of having a bed frame, a wall-mounted headboard and a simpler, smaller frame to just get crucial inches back around the bed. And you want to make the storage space that you have do maximum capacity. So I love to suggest that if you have 
if you have a little door closet, definitely you want to remove the door frame. You want to sort of open it up to the exact interior dimensions, floor to ceiling, side to side. And if you're lucky enough to have, you know, sliding door closets, same, remove the frame, remove the doors and put in built-ins. Um, this is something that some mid-century houses have. Do you see that in Boise? I see it as like maybe 20% of mid-century houses in Madison come with built-in wall stores instead of closets. Um, no, we, we have it a lot, um, in hallways, like for linen closets, mm -hmm. bathroom closets, but, nice. and we do see it in bedrooms, but not a lot. It's definitely not as common, but as the hallway. I think it was, the, it was sort of the upgrade idea, even at the time. And when you think about it, what is a closet? It's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit a, a builder could have put in. You don't have to get the cabinet guy to do it. You know, any schmo could frame in a door and put on door trim. And then you need inside of it. Right a rod and shelf. That's not the maximum amount of storage you can get. And it's not the easiest to get to. So I love to see that become a built-in storage for two reasons. One, it's more better storage. You can get to all the pieces you can get more effectively and you can store things in smaller chunks. Drawers are my favorite thing to put in. And two, it's beautiful. It's a sculptural element in the room that becomes a feature and makes the whole room prettier and dressier. <laughs> rather than just a simple door. And three, it can actually take up less space. That's, that's three reasons, not two, but yeah. you know, swing of a door or when you're trying to get at all your stuff, if you have the urge I sometimes do to like chaotically look at everything you have and maybe get rid of some of it. When you have sliding closet doors, you can only look half of the closet once, but when you can open every door and drawer, yeah. you can really see everything at once. So that's good. That's true. We actually, um, for... My kids' closets, we took off the doors and mm -hmm. we just got the IKEA system. Yeah. Um, and the nice thing is they have those sliding baskets. So they're so good for Legos, little things, stuffed yeah. animals. Um, and then, you know, just did shelves in the middle for clothing, rods on the side. And then it was also toy storage. And it was amazing. And it's funny because the, the woman who bought our house, um, older old school and the first thing she did was put closet doors back on well and that's fine that gives the ability to do that i yeah i think also if you don't if you want to just have more access to your storage space the simplest thing you can do is pull off the closet doors and store them mm -hmm. neatly for the next owner to put back if they would like um yes it's my favorite thing to do is build them in with the same sort of level of detail that you're putting in if you're remodeling your kitchen at the same time the same team does your bedroom built-ins that does your kitchen and you can do the same sort of wood stained grain or color block, et cetera. Um, the other thing though, is you might choose to have a more open view, like it, particularly for kids, then you can see all of your things. Yep. And that's really nice. It doesn't necessarily have to be closed away. That's your personality question. So you yep. start from what do I want? Do I want to be able to visualize everything I've got and be able to choose out what's every morning by eye? Or am I looking for a way to not see everything, but have really easy access to all of it. Um, when you're looking at a really small bedroom, the more storage you can pull up off the floor, the better. And so looking for places to build in, if you don't have room necessarily for a high boy or a wardrobe that can stand out, you want to think about like, what if I hung shallow shelves or even shallow drawer unit underneath a window where it's otherwise hard to furnish? That's my secret answer for everything. Also for mid-century bathrooms, <laughs> put it up off the floor when it's small. I love that. Help, my bathroom wallpaper is in really bad shape. How do I save it? 
Hi, I'm Sarah from Boise Mid-Century Homes, and I'm here with architect and mid-century modern expert, Della Hansman. And today we are talking about what to do when you come across that really bad, bad shape wallpaper in your bathroom, in your mid-century home, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which can be a scary thing. It can be. And not to, well, to start with a horror story, um, one of the first renovation projects I took on on my own was summer after freshman year of college, I moved back with my parents and I was like, I want to be independent. So I'm going to work on a project while I'm here. And I remodeled the upstairs bathroom and I found the most horrific amount of black mold behind the wallpaper that had been, you know, just in there our entire childhoods while we lived in that bathroom. (laughs) I will never really feel the same way about wallpaper in a bathroom again. Um, But as we were chatting about before, there's one case one type of bathroom where it's maybe a, a really fun idea. Yes. I I personally always like to see it in powder rooms because you're going to have less humidity. You're always going to have um, a fan, you know, most of the time. And the water is really on for a very, very short amount of time. So I feel like when it comes to bathrooms, that's going to be your least humid and hopefully your least chance of finding black mold under a wall, under it. Yeah. So I guess my first caveat really is if you've got wallpaper in your bathroom or if you want to have wallpaper in your bathroom, make sure you have a bathroom fan in your bathroom, which not all mid-century houses have, but they're relatively easy to install or to have someone come and do it like a handyman project. You don't need a full renovation to do that. Um, It can be a tricky, a sticky subject though, because old original wallpaper can be quite challenging to remove. Um, Honestly, I actually had a pretty easy time getting it off in that bathroom because the black mold had started to eat the glue that was attached to it. But, you know, the, the peeling, the sticking, the, the steaming, there's a lot of horror stories out there about how hard it is to remove. Here's the good news I have or the recommendation I have to make your life easier. If you're moving into a house that has wallpaper on the walls um, anywhere really, but particularly in the bathroom, and you know you're going to remove it eventually. It's on your to-do list, but it's not on your right now list. What I would recommend is to paint over it temporarily. Uh, you'll want a really good strong primer, but you can basically, if it's got a pattern that's just making your eyes cross, or it's totally contrary to the decor you want, but so many times in color block mid-century bathrooms, the tile itself is charming, but it's just being tuned wrong by whatever's on the wall next to it. So you can really make a big difference, modernize or vintageize a mid-century bathroom with that color. So the simplest thing you can do is just paint over it for now, knowing you're going to come back again later. That's because it might be a harder job. You might be able to remove the wallpaper from the wall, but you may end up doing so much damage to the wall, or it might be so hard to remove when you're doing it. It's sometimes easier to simply just cut out the existing drywall or plaster where there's wallpaper and replace it. Um, if you get to that point though, there's a silver lining, which is that gives you the opportunity to do some like in-wall built-ins to find some fun vintage, like soap holders and magazine holders and things like that. And insert them into the walls. Oh yeah. Have you, have you had some fun with pieces like that? I know you've had some fun doing like color block update bathroom projects. Yeah. You know, we, I've, I've actually never come across wallpaper in the bathroom. And so that's probably, you know, a good thing. <laughs> it seems. Yeah. But um, we've, um, the only original built-ins that um, I often come across in uh, bathrooms are the ones in the mirrors. 
the ones that do the little, the spin around the toothbrush holder. Um, but that's, you know, not in the well, but <laughs> when you're talking about the, uh, the magazine holders and those, that's what it made me think of. And you can still, if you keep your eye peeled and you're an avid like Facebook marketplace hunter, you can really find some of those original vintage mm-hmm. bathroom detail pieces, or think about a custom in-wall side medicine cabinet. We always think of a medicine cabinet as having to be where the mirror is. Yes. Sometimes it's easier to have a flat wall-to-wall installed mirror and then have a medicine cabinet with a color block or a beautiful wood or some other finish that's set into a sidewall, um, which is a detail we often try in small bathrooms where we're trying to get as much reflective surface as possible. That's true. Um, I I have seen some really cute, actually built-in, little built-in medicine cabinets and they're just flush with the wall and so perfect for hiding medicines and little things like that. And yeah. All the little handy things you need. If you want to have hand sanitizer or extra towels or what have you and have them handy. um, It's a nice thing to do uh, to keep some of the clutter off of the counter surfaces. So I guess my advice about what to do if you move into a house and it has challenging wallpaper on the wall is first try to make the problem look like it's gone away and then um, you know, use your best efforts to steam, strip, unstick it from the wall. I should say, in some cases, modern, even modern, easy to remove wallpapers can be just as stubborn as the original kind. So wallpaper with care, it can be so much fun and such a great <laughs> pattern pop and color pop, but only do it if you really mean it. That's my best wallpaper advice. How can I update my plain in mid-century modern bedroom to make it more fun? Hi, I'm Sarah Yearout with Boise Mid-Century Homes, and I'm here with architect and mid-century expert Della Hansman from Mid-Mod Midwest. And today we are talking about how to make your plain bedroom more fun, which is a topic that we both love talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a fun and... one. Mid-Century bedroom is pretty simple, right? But sometimes they can be... Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can be one of those anchor points of how mid-century does the house feel, whether they've been updated or not. I think your bedroom was updated when you got it, right? Yes. Our bedroom had, um, it was all white, you know, blank canvas, but it had black um, barn doors covering the bathroom and the walk-in closet. And that just wasn't our vibe. So, but we also didn't want to start tearing out walls and, you know, doing all that or adding a door would there wasn't enough space to add a door and the pocket doors would be kind of a, a lot of work. So we just painted everything dark green from ceiling, all the hardware, all the trim, the baseboards, everything is a dark green. <laughs> and you Not can't tell. Like it just yeah, it just blends in. You don't notice. Um, now they're, they're actually very functional doors. They just, I couldn't stop staring at them <laughs> originally. Um, and you know, we get the morning light in our room, so it's not too dark. And then it's dark in the evening when you want it to be, when you're going to bed. So right. it worked out and it's probably my favorite, <laughs> my favorite kind of wild design choice that I've made. <laughs> I love that. And it's a really good idea whenever you've got some feature in the house, and this goes for like the electrical box outside or gutters and downspouts to certainly if there's a choice someone else made a non mid-century shape that's in your house, right in your bedroom that you look at from the bed, the best way to make it go away without actually 
tearing it out, replacing it and going through all of that trouble is to blend it by having it be the exact same color, treat it like a chameleon and let it just appear into the background. I love that. And, you know, when your woodwork is already painted, the best choice for that then is to have the woodwork be the exact same color as the walls. So again, it just sort of blends rather than doing that. The cute farmhouse white outliner on everything. That's not for the mid-century of us. So that sounds like a really fun choice. Then you can bring more wood tones and things back with your furniture. So yes. that's a fun place to pull. Yeah, exactly. And just keep everything else simple. <laughs> we were talking a couple of weeks ago about what to do in a small, small mid-century bedroom. And in that case, you probably don't have room for a lot of furniture. But if you do have a few extra feet on one side or other of the bed, I love bringing in either vintage or modern reproduction mid-century furniture to get the wood grain back if you've lost it in the trim, um, to have those fun shapes and to bring in the metal colors that you really love as well. So that's really satisfying. Do you have vintage or modern reproduction pieces in your bedroom? Um, we have a reproduction. Um, we actually have the CB2, the platform bed that has the built-in side tables. Um, mm-hmm. And they're a above the ground. So there's, you know, it gives that more of an airy space, but I'll never go back. I love them. They have two shelves, one for a lamp and then one for like a little storage basket right underneath for your books and whatnot. And they're just, yeah, it's the best. Um, and then I have an actual vintage dresser. Oh, nice. And they go nicely together because CB2 really hit it with their with their stain and grain colors. It feels very oh, yeah. of a piece with what you find originally. I have my grandparents' bedroom set. It which I love. It's a little beat up from, you know, 70 years of wear, but it makes me smile when I think about it. It has this really cute little pull together um, spindle legs that make me happy every morning. But I think, yeah, bringing oh. those decorative pieces in, finding ways to bring in wood grain, bringing in the colors you mm-hmm. love either on the walls or on the soft furnishings. It's a really fun way to play with things. And I love paint and fabric as ways to get really wild with your colors and then change your mind if you didn't yes. like it later without. Exactly. Like you committed to something that's like an enamel baked on, uh, set of built-ins or or things like that if you can do it with a paintbrush or just replace one fabric covering with another that's so easy you can change it seasonally yeah no exactly and yeah light fixtures you know can be easy um fixes um you know even pieces if you have your built-in if you take your closet doors off and you have you know the shelving in there you can add fun little trinkets and all that in there too you can also use, you know, your walls can be display surfaces, depending on your taste. This is where you come back, master plan thinking, what is it that you and your partner desire? Are you looking for a serene space where almost nothing is visible? Or do you want to see your favorite objects around you? And then you tune your choices that way. I think if you're looking for ways to make an interesting space out of a relatively simple box with maybe a door and a window in it, you can think about what you're doing with curtains. Um It can be a fun place. You know, you can do simple up-down blinds for privacy, but you could also think about a traditional pinch pleat curtain. And if you don't want to invest in them for your entire living room, doing them in your favorite bedroom, in your bedroom, might be a worthwhile investment. That's true. There's also some fun things you can do with, you know, running a valence over the window that extends and also has a light in it that can become something that's a little bit less harsh than that classic central ceiling light, which 
doesn't do a lot for space unless you're like packing at night. Um, I almost never like <laughs> the light switch at the door. I'm always like, oh, never. Nope. So, always. <laughs> yeah. Side table lamp. And again, if you're lucky enough to have room to think about a reading chair and a floor lamp or things like whatever you might like to rest your eyes on. Sometimes it might not even be the reading chair you sit in very much, but the concept of you lay in bed and you look at it and you think, I could read. And that makes my <laughs> life better. <laughs> Those are all very good points. Phew, that was a lot of good design advice. You can find Sarah and I continuing to chat about this stuff on Instagram every single week. Our chats are posted on my account, Midmod Midwest, and on Boise Mid-Century Homes, their account, too. Whether you live in Boise or not, they're a great group of passionate Midmod enthusiasts, so make sure to give them a follow. That's all for now, folks, but I will see you again for next week's episode with a surprising hot take on the best spot for a perfect owner suite. And then shortly after that will be the live Mid-Century Owners Week Clinic. Don't forget to sign up for your early bird ticket before the end of the weekend. Ciao for now.